the Celtics and the 76ers battle to open the season, the Warriors look to get a victory after their ring ceremony, and the clinic looks into betting odds for the 2022 to 2023 season. I'm Rose Panta. This is Clinic All NBA Podcast. I have the three hooligans with me. JJ, how you living, my friend? New season, new me. Let's get it, baby. Let's get it, man. John, how you living, my friend? Feeling terrible, feeling bad. How are you? <laughs> Sammy, how you living, my friend? Man, basketball is back. The Lakers lost. Somehow everything feels normal again. Yes, indeed. Basketball is back. And we're going to start with the first game here. It was a Celtics win over the 76ers. I'm going to ask you guys, you know, after... All this off-season drama with the Celtics. Also, this is, I think, the first game coached by uh, Missoula. What did you guys think of the Boston Celtics in their first, in, in our first look with them? Man, I mean, I thought they looked like themselves. Um, Tatum and Brown looked like they picked up. I was curious to see how Tatum was going to come out in the first game after he got so maligned for that finals performance. And he showed out, man. 35, 12 boards, 4 assists. He did a little bit of everything. Team shot really well. I think the only thing that you wonder is, was this just a hot shooting night or are they going to pick up? Other thing I like personally was that Brogdon stepped right into that role that they wanted for him with 16 points off the bench. Defensively, they weren't great. You wonder how much Williams is out going, being out is going to affect them. So that was my initial play, or thought. Jay, what did you think? I thought the same. You know, to add on to your notes over there, without Robert Williams, I thought Embiid was going to have his way. But if you did watch the game, and like, even though the numbers don't really tell the story, Embiid didn't get all the shots that he should have. Um, that's probably because of James Harden, and I'm gonna kind of steal some of the thunder that John and Jim will probably say. But Doc Rivers, terrible, terrible coaching. Where you could see on the flip side, where the Celtics, they're well coached, they have team chemistry, and everything came into motion today. So. Props to the Celtics because after that offseason with Udoka, um, they came into the game and they beat a favorite team to win the East. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I wanted to ask now, what did we think of the first look of the 76ers in this match? What do you guys think? So, okay. James Harden, my Dark Horse MVP pick. And if you look at his individual stats, he played like it. 35, 7, yeah. and 8. Shooting 64% from the field. Granted, it's one game. But I feel like coming into the league or coming into the season in shape, and he looked a lot better, maybe better than he ever did last year. I feel like this could be the year. Now, the Sixers have to win games, obviously. And their starters played well. They shot... Over everybody on the starting lineup shot over 50%. The team as together as collectively shot 50%. The reason why they lost this game is obviously Doug Rivers made some questionable coaching decisions, but also their bench got outscored 34 to 11. And when your bench gets outscored by three times more than three times, you're not going to win many games. That's just the bottom line. The Celtics, you know, they 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 have a really deep team. So you know, granted, the Sixers probably didn't play that great of a defense and their second unit play, didn't play. I mean, they have Montrezl Harrell. Sorry, Sammy. Clipper legend and Laker legend. Doesn't play very good defense. <laughs> and, you know, they lost this game on the defensive end. But if the Sixers can win more games, 
They're known to do that in the regular season. I still think James Harden has a really good chance, outside chance, dark horse chance, to win MVP. But one game, hard to make a real assessment at this point, but, you know, Boston looks good. Yeah, John, I'm with you. I'm like half glass full on this whole situation. I think um, the Boston Celtics, they're already fine-tuned. Like, they know what their rotations are. They know who their starters are. They know their roles. With the 76ers, I mean, you're inserting P.J. Tucker and also Montrez Harrell and some other people. And I think it's going to take a while for them to gel. But with James Harden having a big game, I believe that, like, it's a good start. I think this is a great start for them. This is this. They went up against a really great Boston team. And they looked kind of lethargic at times, but I think that's because they don't know how to play with P.J. Tucker yet. He's not really an offensive guru. He does defense only. So I think only time will tell. What, what, um, JJ, I think you were about to say something here. No, uh, Yeah, thanks. I was just going to say that with Harden and Embiid, they were playing a lot of the high pick and roll together. But Embiid, when he's downloaded, that's when he's at his best. I know he could shoot his threes, but if you watch the game, Embiid needed the ball down low and what John was saying they lost because of their defense um, you had the Celtics that scored 39 in the second quarter and 35 in the, the third quarter like what what's Doc Rivers doing not playing Thibault he's like one of the best defenders in the league and you don't right. have him guarding Brown or Tatum like shouldn't that be like an obvious choice like that baffled me watching that game where I was I kept thinking we're stable we're stable we're stable and then you have Tatum and Brown getting whatever they want because who's guarding them James Harden yeah that's absolutely curious why he did that I'm I'm with you Jay I'm gonna take us to the next game here the Warriors take down the Lakers after the ring ceremony 123 to 109 I'm going to ask you guys, what did you guys think of the Warriors after their ring ceremony? I'm going to toss it to JJ here. The Warriors look great. Uh, the one thing I know that everyone's going to take note of is the relationship between Draymond and Poole and if that was going to affect the chemistry on the court. But the Warriors look like the Warriors. Right now, we're trying to see how Kerr inserts his rotations, especially with the three youngins and the two newcomers and I'm speaking of Wiseman of course who's coming back from injury you have Kaminga you have Moody and then DiVincenzo and also um, Jermichael Green who played great tonight so uh, you know props to John he mentioned this in our text that first game back it was really rusty you kind of saw like a lot of mistakes mental errors turnovers bad shots but in the third quarter, the Warriors do what they do, which is go on a huge run in the third and expand that lead. That lead. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. The part that I like the most, um, I like seeing the young guys all in there together. I like seeing Wiseman, Kaminga, Poole. Uh, I think Curry was in that lineup as well and Jamichael Green. But for the most part, we had like the future of the Warriors, a look at them. It wasn't a lot of good minutes by them but you saw flashes of what they could do and that's what i was really interested in this game was to see that so that was nice to see now i'm going to take us to the lakers here what did you guys think of the new look lakers i think john wants to commiserate for a second <laughs> so i'll go ahead and go first here um you know in the beginning of that game, bad i don't i don't think it's that bad <laughs> in the beginning of the game i liked that they they definitely looked a lot more athletic than they did 
last year. I'll, I'll start with that. That Davis in particular got up after he fell most of the time, so that was that was a good thing to see. He was all over the place, and I will give him credit for that in the first half. Mm-hmm. He had a great first half of this game. Second half, he struggled a bit, but like you guys said, that's what the Warriors do. Um, outside shooting is clearly still a concern. They shot, I want to say, 18% from deep in the first half before finishing out at 25%. And you just you look at the roster and you just don't see any defined shooters that I can see. And scoring balance-wise, obviously, it's going to take them a little while to find the rotation, and I get that. There's a lot of new players here. The three guys hit double figures as they normally do, Davis, James, and Westbrook, and then none had 13, and nobody else had more than five points. So you just wonder about the balance, if they're going to find those extra contributors and just how the shooting is going to look going forward. So that was my initial read on this game. <laughs> I, uh, sorry, I was taken aback because Sammy had such a very level-headed assessment of my team here. I thought he was going to go hard <laughs> on how bad they are and we should blow it up after one game. Oh, you no. should, but I mean, it's still, I'm just going to be nice about it. <laughs> that's fair. That's that's what I want to hear. Now, I mean, yeah, it's one game, but, but what I keep coming back to every time with the Lakers is this, is that, and I know you don't want to live in the past, but in 2020 when we won the championship, I know it was unusual circumstances, a shortened season, a season that was paused and then restarted, but the familiarity and the importance of having a team together for longer than a year i i think palinka and management do not understand the importance and the and the and how crucial that and critical that is not just for the lakers but for any team right for any championship championship aspirated team is that think about it like every year for the last two or three years the lakers have brought in five or more new players for when you on multiple on usually one year contracts trying to gel together and bring a team together within a season and that is extremely extremely difficult and that's kind of what you saw today in today's game guys that haven't played together sammy's right they look more athletic they look more like they can run up and down the court play better defense because they have more speed but ultimately they make a lot of turnovers they don't know where guys are supposed to be they're not their timing is way off but then you look at the warriors and they can make passes that you know that you don't think should be made or would be a turnover, but they make them because they know their guys. They play with them for multiple years. And that's why it's so hard. You know, it's, it's a challenging time to be a Laker fan because you have optimism, but at the same time, these are all new guys. It's going to take some time. And is it going to be enough time? I mean, the season is 82 games, but by the time you start to gel, it could you could be way out of the playoff picture. I mean, the West is going to be strong this year. So, you know, it's one game. I don't want to overreact, but... I hope they can gel quick because there's a lot of new guys on the team. Did you guys like the one-two punch of starting Beverly and Westbrook together? Or do you think that's something that they're going to have to stagger those two eventually? I think they have no choice. If you have Matt Ryan getting minutes and he didn't even have a roster spot on the Celtics last year and he got some meaningful minutes against... The champions, the champions. That's kind of crazy to me. Like Rob Polinka got an extension last week. I'm sure John got really happy because of that. <laughs> but dude, if I'm a Laker fan, that that terrifies me because 
their current roster construction. Just imagine this, fellas. Like, Sammy could probably expand on this, but half of the team from last year, they're not playing this year. They're out of the league. Half of the Laker team from last year, they're not even playing this year. Yeah. yeah. And that, that speaks to what John also mentioned earlier. You need continuity. Why do the Warriors get into their habits so quickly? Because the structure of that team has been the same outside of the Wiggins trade for years. We know who the big players are. They know where each guy's going to be. And for the last three or four years in a row, the Lakers have had to figure this out on the fly. And you're absolutely right about that, John. They're not. It's not going to work. And this year, I really think the schedule is going to work against them to begin with because their first seven is absolutely brutal. I mean, after this game, Clippers, Blazers, at Nuggets, at Wolves, home Nuggets, home Pelicans. That's how they start. Mm. Trying oh, to that Lakers out. Blazers is a that's a automatic <laughs> win for the Lakers. <laughs> that would be a good one. I don't care for what you say. That better you say. be a win for the Lakers because if it's not, it's gonna be rough. This yep. year. Man, for me, yeah. like I'd I'd like I'd like to see Kendrick Nunn crack this starting lineup. Like mm. I would like to see Beverly come yeah. off the bench or something like that because I don't think Westbrook could come off the bench because they still need like value for him. But I think they need like one more shooter. Lonnie Walker is that. Um, it's probably the only decent three-point shooter out of the starting lineup. Um, I guess besides LeBron James now. But Kendrick Nunn, would, I think, would be a good addition there. But what, what was also like a head-scratcher to me is that they started Beverly, Westbrook, and they started Lonnie Walker, who are all under 6'5", I believe. Yeah. And they had and Clay Thompson and Wiggins, who are like 6'7", 6'8". And I'm... From a defensive standpoint, it was very, it was kind of a head scratcher move, but I'm sure Darvin Ham is trying to figure out things. I mean, he's, he's putting out a, a lineup with the, the roster that he's given. So, yeah. I, I mean, I can't totally. really blame the coach here. Yeah, I agree. And I'm actually going to bring something up. I'm going to go back to the Celtics uh, 76ers game. We actually had a first look at the take foul violation um, in this game. I think um, Jalen Brown fouled uh, Tyrese Maxey on what would have been a fast break and he fouled immediately and they he ended up uh, or maxi ended up shooting a technical free throw because of it what do you guys think of this new rule do we like it do we not like it do we want to keep take fouls what's your guys's assessment here no take fouls are terrible we want the fast break boys right we want dunks we want old school basketball back Personally, I like stoppages in play every time something exciting is going to happen. So. Uh, I don't think I think the take foul is only good if we can close line like Kurt Rambis got close line back in the eighties. Oh my goodness! All right, we're we're getting a little a little I know, out I'm there just now. Kidding. I am just I'm totally just kidding. Uh, sorry, Sammy, you were saying? I'll go. No, after no, you. I I'm completely for this rule. I think what's going to happen is in the first few weeks, players are going to get used to the fact that it's a much harsher penalty. And then yeah, we'll yeah. we'll start to see a lot less take fouls. Probably, I'd say give it like three weeks to a month. Yeah, I agree. Man. I, I I agree with it. I think it's a good good uh, rule. I I think smart players they'll adapt, yeah. and they'll make it look like it's unintentional, right? Like you'll try to go for the ball, but you're you're really trying to like just make it less obvious and less blatant. And I think players will adjust. At least the yeah. smart ones. I can't wait to see what Patrick Beverly does that's uh, the adjustment because you know he's going to come for something good. And with that, we're going to take a short break with a word from our sponsor. 
NBA fans, the wait is over. Basketball's back, baby. So tip off the season with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. New customers can make any $5 NBA Moneyline bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN. Make any $5 bet this week and get $200 free $200 in free bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with promo code TBPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Wow. All right, and with that, we are actually going to talk about some odds from our friends at DraftKings now as part of our season preview. So just to kick it off, I'm going to go straight to MVP. And... As you gentlemen can all see, I've got the odds laid out here. So among our favorites, Luka Doncic for the second consecutive year opens as the favorite at plus 425. Giannis comes in at plus 600. MB comes in at plus 650. KD comes in at plus 800. And back-to-back MVP comes in. Nikola Jokic comes in at plus 900. Of the group there, thinking value and looking at the the whole list that I have for you, thinking of value and just who you think is going to win it, Give me, give me some opinions here. I'll start this off with June. Uh, man, right now I'm I'm looking at Nikola Jokic at okay. plus nine hundred. I know it's a three. He it would be a three P for MVP, but the value is there. The talent is there. Now he has a nice supporting group because he he has uh, Michael Porter Jr. coming back. He also has uh, Jamal Murray coming back as well. I think that's kind of a sneaky pick. I think there's a case for him if he's able to take the Nuggets to like a two or three seed, which I don't think is outside the realm of possibility. Yeah, agreed on that. I think the Nuggets so, will show up the one seed. That's that's the one that I'm looking at. What okay. about you guys? I like that logic. JJ? Well, I don't think the NBA, because we've talked about this, they love the narratives. They're not going to give it to Jokic again for a back-to-back and back, back to back to back. So, three Pete, that I don't see that within the realm. He's not even considered top five on some people's list for the current best players. So, that's a that's a good question, but I don't think the narrative will fit it. If I would to put money and the best value for my money, Sammy, uh-huh. call me crazy, man. Tatum and Morant, their favorites last year, and at them at plus fourteen hundred and fifteen hundred. Talk me out of it. Is Are those oh, good picks man. or what? All right. I will not talk you out of it because I actually had a specific player earmarked for this when we started, and I changed my mind right when we started. I actually like Tatum for this, too, because of the narrative. They came out tonight. They looked like themselves. And if they do that and they win 55 games again, it's going to look really good on him if he comes out and has the kind of year he has. So I love those picks. So I'm definitely with you on that. Jaw, I like the idea too because it would continue his ascent. The only one thing I wonder with the Grizzlies, I can't help but shake. I don't know if that team, they're not a flash in the pan, but I don't know if the West is so strong that they're actually going to be like a six seed this year. I could I'm see that sh- though. Yeah. That's the only thing I'm wondering. So I really sure. like the Tatum pick though. I'm with you on that. John, what do you think? You know what my first question is, right? Where's Where's James Harden on this list, dude? Is I just looked it up. He's plus seven thousand. I'm putting 
I'm listen. Okay, I know he's not on the list that we see here, but if the viewers no, can't ahead. see it, or the viewers can see it, I'm sorry. I'm gonna go with James Harden. I know he's not on the list, but if we're going by what I'm seeing here, I like. I'm gonna. You know what? I I like Giannis. I think okay. Giannis is going to come back. I think the Bucks mm. are going to be a top, the top seed in the East, and I think he's gonna win another MVP. Nice. And you know what? Just because this is just the top of the list, man. If you're right on that Harden pick at 70 to 1 odds, that would be pretty incredible. So, you had a good start tonight. You had a good start tonight. You could put the 20 bucks on that, man. But they yeah. Need, but they, yeah, but they need to win more games. But unless Prop so. 27 passes, you're going to have to drive to Arizona <laughs> to do it. So don't forget to vote. Anyway. So what I really uh, meant was 20 Mario coins. Yeah. <laughs> Depends on the state, listeners. Depends on the state. Um, uh, the one other thing, uh, the one other player I was going to throw in this, who I said I changed right before we started, my initial lean was actually Embiid. The thought process being that Doc Rivers, we know, is not a great playoff coach. In the regular season, his teams tend to get over 51, so they'll probably be at least top four, most likely, in the East. And there was a lot of talk that Embiid should have won last year's award. Mm-hmm. So there might be a little bit of some conscious favoritism if he's near the top again this year. Kind of like a makeup pick if it's close yes, enough. Exactly. Uh, so that was my initial logic. But the more I thought about it, once JJ brought it up, I'm on board with that Tatum pick too. But I like the logic that everyone's got here. I think this is going to be a great MVP race this year. Um, the only thing, personally, I'm just looking at this list. Some, there's some surprising names that are up this high for me. Anthony Edwards, I know, is a great player. I think him being this high and above Harden was a little shocking to me. You guys know I'm a Clipper homer. If Kawhi plays more than 55 games this year by the choice of the team, I would be shocked. So I don't think he's going to meet the game's requirement. And Zion being that high is just ridiculous. I hope yeah. he has an amazing <laughs> year, but there is no way he should be that high. It's got to be hype, right? That's why it's 100%. That if he's that high, that means there are people coming in and betting it, and DraftKings adjusted the odds accordingly. Yeah. Oh my so, yeah, and I just like that. That team is going to be solid too with the, Brandon Ingram and. That's going to be a very good team. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you on that. I just, I just can't see him yeah, finishing the top yeah. eight. I don't yeah. see that either. Yeah, but I don't. I don't see how Dame Lillard has better odds than James Harden. That's what I'm saying. How is Dame like? Up there? Well, the team is like not that. I mean, the Blazers are not going to be good. You don't think a 10 seed could win the MVP? No? Okay. No, well, they're not going to be good. What I was going to say, Sammy, is that they're not going to be good, but if Damian Lillard can bring them to the playoffs or like a six seed somehow, then you have to to consider him. I agree with that. What's crazy is that like Dame Lillard, when he was making the playoffs over and over and over, I don't think he ever finished as like a top five MVP candidate. So to have him on this list this year, it seems kind of silly to me. You know what my theory is on that? I think absence makes the heart grow fonder. People saw his That's name true. and they just want to they want to bet on the Damian Lillard comeback season. Loyalty, baby. Loyalty. Yep. So basically like John and James Harden. Got it. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Pretty much. Although John's James Harden logic is better to me than the Dame Lillard logic, but I will, there we go. I will leave it at that. Friends, wow. friends don't let friends make that bet for MVP. He's in anyway, shape now, let's... guys. He's in shape now. He lost a lot of weight. Come on. Wow. Yeah, he did. It even got commented on on the uh, TNT broadcast. <laughs> All right, let's go to the NBA champion. The odds on this one are are really interesting to me. 
three-way tie at the top, Clippers, Warriors, and Celtics. The next best odds, your Brooklyn Nets at plus 700. Which, what? That's crazy. Yeah. Coming in behind them, the Bucks at 800, the Suns at 1200, the Sixers at 1500. I'm going to shout out John, the eighth best odds to win the championship, the Lakers at 1800. Looking wow, at this that's pretty high. That's high to me. High is the word. Um, <laughs> so, Very I'm going to start this one. I'll start this one off with JJ. Snoop Dogg. Uh, so, obviously, first of all, who do you think is going to win the championship? We'll start there because that makes the most sense. And then, if you are going to make a value pick again here, who do you like? Well, if I'm going to be a homer, I would assume it's the Warriors. But nice. without, uh, you know, being biased, the best team on paper, you know, obviously is the Clippers and the Bucks, in my opinion. For the value pick, I would say it's the Bucks at plus 800. I thought it would be a lot higher. Mm-hmm. It's crazy that the, the Nets are high, though, at plus 700. And we've discussed this over and over again, but I know they have Katie and Kyrie, but did they factor in the outside drama? Did they factor in that usually that the top five defensive teams make it to the finals and they're not a top defensive team? Right. Those are yeah. my thoughts about the Nets. Agreed. Agreed. John, your thoughts here? Uh, Yeah, I mean, the favorites are not really surprising except for the clippers they should definitely be in the seven six thousand i think seven or eight thousand range (laughs) and i'm kidding jj's right on paper they look really good obviously the health is the biggest uh factor which is it is every year for them hey 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 hey, Kawhi. (laughs) yeah you you watch yourself Kawhi leonard um but but my value pick here would be the the nuggets at 1800 I like that one. And yeah, I, like that, John. I think, yeah. you know, Jamal Murray, if he comes back healthy and he comes back to play the way he did in the bubble, and, you know, Jokic, obviously, you always have a chance. Michael Porter Jr., is he's always the X factor, but his back is just, man, he's had so many issues with his back. They have KCP, and then they have Aaron Gordon. I, I, you know, I'm still kind of iffy on Aaron, Gordon, Aaron Gordon's fit there. But he is an asset if they want if they want to move him midseason or something like that. But I do like the Nuggets as a whole and and that value at eighteen hundred. So yeah, very true. And I, I'm with you on them. And I would also say just as a, not the same player, but a little bit of Michael Porter insurance. To me, most underrated signing of the offseason was Bruce Brown. I think he would fill a perfect role there with Jokic setting him up for pick and pops and a, as a good three and D wing. Because Porter's not going to play more than seventy games at most. I would assume probably less than that. So I really like that pickup for them too. June. Um, first, I'll say, friends, please don't bet on the Nets and the Suns. <laughs> this is abs- this is absolutely ridiculous how they're up on this list so high. Like, those are just like tire fires, just like waiting to happen. <laughs> I don't understand this, but I think JJ's right here with the best value. It's got to be the Bucks at plus eight hundred. I mean, they already have championship DNA. Um, the Nuggets kind of scare me a little bit because they haven't been there yet. Um, but the Bucks, if you're looking for value plus 800, that sounds like a pretty solid, solid pick there. But my, I guess my pick to win it all, like if everyone was perfectly healthy, um, gotta go Clippers, man. See, I want to pick the Clippers too, but I don't because then I'm setting myself up for constant disappointment, which is kind of the <laughs> hallmark of being a Clippers fan. So. 
<laughs> There's you a know, couple. You of... know the big if though. That's the oh, thing though. They're well aware. This is health. Yeah. This is health. Yeah. If that team is healthy, they're as good as anybody. I, I feel good about that. But your top three players have all missed significant time the last few years, so that's what scares me. So I'm cautiously optimistic. I'm gonna throw hey. some other ones out there to you guys that just the odds <laughs> are interesting. Really wanna like Philly. Doc is stopping me. Because the rest of that team looks like it makes a lot of sense, and P.J. Tucker fills in needs they had just for toughness. Just that that part of the team that was missing, he fills in well. Cannot trust Doc to coach them to a championship, though. No. If, Zero adjustments today. As if Kerr... Usual. Yeah, see, if Kerr, if Ty Lue... Like, hell, and all, no, all kidding aside, like, if Vogel, the version of Vogel that coached the Lakers in 2020 was the coach of that team, I'd really like them as a dark horse. Um, fully on board with the Nuggets pick too. I'm gonna give you an insanely crazy long shot here, but if everything pulls perfectly, perfectly together, I throw just a tiny sprinkle on the Pelicans at 40 to one. Just, oh just a, man, just a sprinkle at 40 to one. If Zion plays 70 games and everything comes together, like I said, not full on betting on it, but. Just a taste at forty to one. Those are really long odds. You're you're also betting on <laughs> CJ McCollum being like a a true playoff performer too. That's dangerous. That's how My you friend. get all the way up to forty to one because <laughs> you're banking on stuff like that. Hey, oh Jay, I was I was disappointed. I thought you were gonna pull out the uh, Steve Urkel soundboard <laughs> for CJ McCollum. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> so what what I will do is I'll say a little sprinkle on that, but the value bet I like, I'm going to split this board evenly at 2-2. I'm going to go with John at Denver. I like it at 18-1 to a lot. I, I think that team has a legit shot of being the one seed. Really good picks, though. I love the analysis from everybody on that one. So following up on that one, let's talk about the Western Conference. Clippers are a very slight favorite over Golden State, 320 and 330 for those two. So I know... The inclination for all of us would probably be to pick one of those two teams. So let's. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take this one at a little bit differently, of a look. Plus one thousand and on. So we're talking about Dallas, Memphis, Minnesota, Pelicans, Blazers, and five other teams. I'm not even gonna bother mentioning. <laughs> if you had to pick one, who are you taking of those teams? You would have to go. For oh man, this is a tough pick, but the best overall team would be the Grizzlies, right? Mm-hmm. They kind of went far. They they pushed the Warriors. Like Jun kept saying that the last spot. Like the one team you could argue that challenged the Warriors more than the Celtics were the Grizzlies. So at plus one thousand or above, mm-hmm. that would be my pick. Okay, I like it, John. Mm. I mean, I, 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 as much as I don't want to agree with JJ, I have to kind of agree with him. <laughs> I do think that I do think it's the Grizzlies. I mean, they are physically, they're the most. Um, they use their physicality and their aggressiveness, and that's the kind of style that you need to beat teams like the Warriors and championship pedigree teams is you have to beat them up and you have to tire them out and wear them out the same way that the Warriors wear out other teams with their shooting and their constant motion. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Grizzlies at, at 1,000 here. Okay, nice. June? 
so no one no one wants to give love to the Sacramento Kings making the playoffs for the first time and winning Western Conference. No, I, the only intervention 000. I'm going to give you here on that is I know we don't have win totals here, but one of my favorite win totals of the entire board is Sacramento going over 33 and a half. I will just say that 33 and a half should say something about their championship prospects. This is this is true. I'm I'm oh, go ahead. completely joking about that. Yeah. I will I will say one thing before I I say my pick. Um the Timberwolves, I'm avoiding them like the plague. There's no way I'm mm. putting any bets on the Timberwolves. Rudy I don't think Gobert, this baby. whole Rudy Gobert and Cat thing, hey, I don't baby. think it's going to work out. Mm. Their perimeter defense is going to be absolutely awful. Um, but my pick is actually going to be the New Orleans Pel- Pelicans. Nice. Um, I'm a little worried about Triple J, um, his health, until I see him well. Then I'll go back to the Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as today, I'm going to go with the New Orleans Pelicans. Nice. I'm actually, the one reason I didn't go to Memphis prior was the same thing. If if Triple J comes back and he's healthy, I love the pick. I want to see how he looks. I did read some reports today that he is ahead of schedule and they think he'll be back by Christmas. So if that's the case, that's going to be a great pick. I'm going to throw another one out there just to also have some conversation here with a caveat. I think Dallas will have a shot, but I do not think the team they have right now is the team they will have by the trade deadline. There's a there's a move to be made there for one more legit piece. And if they do that, then I don't like them as a favorite, but at that number, if you can walk into a series with arguably, arguably the best player in the series, I gotta give you some love in that way. And we've seen what Luka can do against various teams where he's basically one series by himself. But I think there's a move there, and I, I think they're waiting for that next disgruntled star. And if I they think... do that, that might be pick. Sorry, Jen, you were going to say something? You could get me with uh, Dallas if it was like plus 2,000 mm-hmm. or 2,500, mm-hmm. but not at plus 1,000. Like if, okay. if I'm going there, I'm still going to go with the Grizzlies. Um, gotcha. Yeah, that's just my preference. No love for the Blazers. I see how it is. (laughs) Even TNT Uh, was talking crap about the Blazers today. It was awful. Yeah, I know. On an interesting note, obviously we wouldn't have touched any of these teams. Little shocking to me that Utah and San Antonio have better odds at all than Houston. I don't understand that in the slightest because Houston on paper has an incredibly better team. Obviously all these teams, barring something really weird, are going to be in the lottery. But San Antonio might as well in big bold letters said we want Wembenaya. Like yeah. that yes. is it's pretty they obvious. Yeah, I I would be pretty shocked if San Antonio and Utah combined win 40 games this year. So I'm it's a little weird to me that Houston's under both considering Houston actually has players it's trying to sign. But with that we'll move on. Eastern Conference, I'm going to throw out the same question here. So just to lay out the odds again. Boston at plus 290. Brooklyn at 330, Milwaukee at 370, and then there's a little bit of a break there. Philly at 750, Miami at 850. So now the team's over 1,000. Cleveland at 1,400, Toronto at 2,000, Atlanta at 2,000, the Bulls at 3,000. Of those teams, anybody you like at all, or are you sticking to the favorites? June, I'll start this with you. Man. The only one that I like out of that group to possibly win the conference championship mm-hmm. would be the Cleveland Cavaliers. 
I think they have the best defense. I think they're switchable. I like the group that they have. Um, yeah, I'm staying away from Toronto, the Hawks, and the Bulls. What do you guys think? Yeah, I wholeheartedly I agree. I was going to say the, the Cavs too, just because the Cavs, that's a matchup nightmare for any of the top teams, especially the Nets. I don't think the Nets could handle that roster now. And now that they have Donovan Mitchell, they have a solidify playmaker. I'm excited to see what they could do this year. John? I'm going to go against the... This is going to be an unpopular opinion. But I think... I know it doesn't look like it, but I think the DeJounte Murray... Trey Young duo is going Ooh. to surprise people. Oh, nice. Okay. I like that, dude. I think it's going to surprise people because I think you have two guards who are not the same. That DeJounte Murray can do a lot of things that Trey Young can't, and Trey Young can do a lot of things that DeJounte Murray can't. And I think they're going to balance each other out very well. So I'm going to go with the Hawks if I'm picking a team above a thousand here. Nice. I am going to give a little love to Toronto on this, only because I feel like that team plays above its talent every year because of good coaching. I think Nick Nurse is one of the best coaches in the league, and they do definitely have an ascending player in Scotty Barnes, so I'm curious to see what kind of steps he takes this year. It's obviously a big ask for them to jump those teams in front of them. Yeah. But that team seems to be cohesive, and they have the contracts and the young talent to, to take a step if everything was to break right. So... Do I think they're going to win the conference? No, but at those odds, I'd take a small shot on it. All right, so I'm going to move on to a couple more, and then we'll wrap up. So last main odds I want to throw out there to you, most improved player. And this award is always interesting to me, depending on the logic used for it. So I'm going to throw out the top six here, and then if you see another name you like, by all means, throw it at me. So top six. Favorite is Anthony Edwards at plus 800, Tyrese Maxey at 1100, Zion at 1400, Tyrese Halliburton at 1400, and then Cade and Anthony Simons are both at plus 2000. So, thoughts on the favorites here? Anybody else you like more so? And on this one, I'll start with John. Sorry, I was looking at the, <laughs> the list of players, and I'm, I'm, I'm just making sure that I know all of them. That's not a knock. What? I'm just teasing. I know all these players. I, wow. This is an interesting one. Mm-hmm. You know what? I kind of like, I kind of like Tyrese Halliburton this year. I think he's going to make a jump, and I know that we've been saying that for the last, what is this, his third year? Yeah, but I think he's he. I think he's gonna make that leap. So I'm gonna go with him. Okay, 14. I I could see it too for sure. Uh, JJ, or value, or just who you think because the value is pretty good on all of these. You're getting 800 or better. So I like straight up. I think the Scotty Barnes value is really good. 30 to one. That's incredibly yeah. good value. It's incredibly good. That dude. Remember, there were trade talks during the summer if the Raptors would be willing to trade for KD in exchange for Barnes. Mm-hmm. And people were arguing, I don't know if it's valid or not, but they were arguing that Scotty Barnes is the future. So 
the hype train is there for Scotty Barnes, and I'm all for it. Nice. June? Uh, I'm jumping on another hype train. I'm going to go with Zion. And I know people are going to be upset. They're going to be like, he didn't really improve. He just came back. But if John Morant can win this award, I think Zion yeah. could win this freaking award too. You're right. And he has the supporting group around him. I think he's going to be in it. And I think he'll at least be top two. So I think uh, Zion at 1400 is a good bet. Man, Ja winning that award has been like your secret axe to grind for months. And I've been here for it. <laughs> <laughs> but I get it. Um, this one's a tough one. And I thought that that's why it was fun to discuss this one. So I'm, I'm going to circumvent this a little. Just point out a couple guys. I like potentially, I know he's the second favorite. I think Maxie's just going to get a lot of media coverage this year because Philly's going to be on TV a lot. Mm. So I could see him potentially getting this award based on that. And he came out preseason and looked amazing. Tonight he continued to put up 21 in the first game. So he's definitely ascending. So I like that. Going to throw a little love here on Jalen Brunson. Got the big contract. Clearly he's going to have the ball a lot. Going to get a lot more opportunities to score and distribute than he did in Dallas. At 25 to 1, I would definitely consider that one. I think that there's a better shot there than we realize just because you're not paying a guy almost $30 million a year if he's not going to handle the ball a lot. So if he can also elevate Barrett and Randall, it's going to reflect really well on him for this award. So at those odds, I, I don't mind it at all. Otherwise, there's some other names on here. DeAndre Aiden, I don't get at 30 to 1 just because he's already a good player. Um, and then I think Jordan Poole honestly just got too much exposure already. I think if this was last year, he'd have a good shot at the award. But now yeah, he's been hyped and he's got yeah. a big contract. So I just I can't see it for that reason. But good player, just most improved doesn't seem to fit the profile there. Yeah, absolutely okay. agree. And uh, yeah. Sammy, I'm actually going to cut you off here. Yeah, we'll please. save the rest of the other ones for the next pod. That's actually all we have time for today. Um, I want to thank you three for being on. JJ, thanks for being on, man. All right. NBA season back at it. Can't wait to see what the, what the year unfolds. John, thanks for being on, man. Hey, thank you. I'm ready to get my heart broken again. <laughs> Darn you, Lakers. <laughs> and Down Sammy. You. Thanks for being on, man. Always a pleasure, man. Thanks for having me. And shout out to our video producer, RJ. Check out our YouTube channel. Remember to rate, subscribe, and review. Like us on our Facebook group page, The Clinic All NBA Podcast, and follow us on Twitter at Clinic All NBA. I'm Rosa Panza. This is The Clinic All NBA Podcast. Come find us wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>